Okay, playing a pivotal role in our South African construction section, Derbican Manufacturing are a fully South African-owned company specializing in local manufacturing reinforced waterproof membranes. With extensive knowledge of our sunny South African climate and 30 years of experience in the industry, the Derbican team have mastered the right materials and tools needed to provide you with the best quality manufactured and installed waterproofing alternatives. Derbican Manufacturers Manufacturing first made the appearance in 1978 and are manufactured locally with specific requirements to the South African climate, even though they are proven successful worldwide. With assurance of great quality, products and services, Derbicam have always made sure that they have sufficient warehousing facilities, making them making sure they will always have access to stock on hand. They provide waterproof membranes and comprehensive uses such as roofs, retaining walls, basements, balconies, parking decks, and expansion joints. Welcome, Caitlin O'Reilly. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, thank you very much for your time. And we've also got Simone Smith in the studio uh, with me as always. Um, so welcome to everybody. But Caitlin, thank you very much for your time. We appreciate it. Um, as we briefly mentioned to you a little bit earlier, we want to highlight uh, South African manufacturing. We want to show people what type of quality, adaptability, innovation um, is in our country and how our products, not just locally, serves us incredibly well, but also worldwide. Um, and we can only do that if we start highlighting the value chains and the actual people behind it. Now, people are not going to know your product. Everyday people are, might not know the company mm -hmm. and the product because we don't deal with it on a day-to-day -day basis. It's a sort of industrial uh, or industry-specific type of application. I'm sure as manufacturers, they supply, they then have installers countrywide. So as consumers, we always just know and find out about these things when they break or uh, when it perhaps impacts us directly. Um, so the idea is to try and make the company behind it the value chain that they represent and purely form from a from a perspective of the quality, the after-sale care, because 70% of customers or people in South Africa complain about after-sale care and defect products. So, Caitlin, before I not do you any more justice, tell us a little bit about your business, and it's very interesting also to speak to a woman in this industry. I don't know <laughs> if, that's, if that is something of a cliche still, or has it become a bit of a norm? Oh, no, totally a cliche still. I was actually on site this morning and I was one out of uh, 11 people and I was the only female on site. And also, someone only at the age of 28. I think the average age that I deal with is probably between 40 and 60 at the moment. So, very much not a, a marketplace for women yet. Um, I think they're very much making an inclusion effort, um, but it's still getting there. So, from that standpoint, um, I took out like a little bit of a sore thumb, but um, our product ranges in general have been around and they're well established in the industry, obviously, like you mentioned, for over 30 years. So, Derbiga Manufacturing um, is the, I would say, industry leader in the production and installation of uh, APP modified membranes. That means atatic polypropylene, and that is basically a hybrid vitamin blend that you have reinforcements in. If you've ever seen one of those bright, shiny silver roofs, that's bitumen aluminum paint that sits yeah. on top of it. So that's the type of applications that we do. It's not really for domestic applications. Um, it's more for, like you mentioned, retaining walls, lift pits, commercial developments, and even sometimes industrial developments. So that division, the manufacturing division that we're going to be speaking about, is one section of what we do. 
and it works hand-in-hand with our nationwide waterproofing centers. So those are the distribution channels that we have all over the country. And through those centers, we have different allied products. So obviously, with an installation of any kind of building material, you need subsequent building materials either underneath it, next to it, on top of it, through it, to make the whole system work. So in order for it to be a one-stop shop, We've got the centers which supply the liquids, the reinforcements, the counter-flashing, the uh, cementitious products, outlets, like you mentioned, expansion joints, and all the other allied issues or allied, allied products that we need. Yeah, um, and and tell me now, Caitlin, as I said, you know, South African manufacturer, you've got all the products in stock on hand, you've got your distribution mm. centers in place. One first question is, how has the last four months ultimately affected you guys? Um, mm-hmm. And the second question, if you don't mind me asking it in the same way, um, if I, if, if what is your after-sale case? So do you also back up everything that you say in the factories? And just give me a bit of insight into somebody who who would i if i own a building what exact how exactly would i come into contact with your products so it's a very good question um the after thing okay i'll touch on first so we actually do i think we're quite unique in the industry where we actually do a pre-sale kind of assessment as well obviously waterproofing for most people is something that they don't see and it's not something that they think about very often like you said until it breaks so we try and assess at the forefront what the actual issue is, what the requirement is, either by the client, and I use clients generally here. It could be your DIY, you know, Joe Soap that walks in. It could be a, a maintenance manager. It could be a contracts manager. It could be a general foreman. It could be an architect, an engineer, a specifier of any description. So we've got quite a large uh, clientele base that approaches us for various queries. Then that whole process of assessing what the problem is and, and re- recommending the correct, what we call specification, to uh, solve the solution, that that whole uh, dynamic has to be followed up with application assistance. So is the product, it doesn't help if, if our products are some of the greatest. If, if it's not applied correctly, obviously, you've got a major issue. So the application process is quite important, so we keep an eye on that. And then in terms of after-sale care, all of our products are guaranteed for 10 years. We've also got ranges that have got an insurance-backed guarantee, which is very unique in the industry, which means that we're directly liable for the application of the range. Wow, that's so should, accountability. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's very, very unique. I don't actually know of any other manufacturer that does it. It basically means that once the product and specification have been installed, dependent on what range, again, um, so this is specifically our Durga manufacturing range that I'm mentioning now, the insurance guarantee that we offer, which is backed up by Holland, has had a no-claim history in the 27 years or so that it's been active. Um, We take complete workmanship liability for that stuff that has been installed should the applicator have gone out of business, not being able to do it, or whatever the case may be. So we take responsibility for that as well. We, like I said, have never had to claim on that insurance policy. So that also speaks to the quality of the stuff that we sell. But from an aftercare point of view, it obviously gives a lot of peace of mind, particularly on larger buildings, so that you know that if there is any issue down the line, there's not going to be a contractor that's run away and is not willing to help. 
You know, Kathleen, it's such an important thing you just mentioned there. We work with a lot of manufacturing companies, and one of the things is that if you order from overseas somewhere, um, one, there's always a defect percentage within that product, and that's something you can never reverse logistics. Two, it takes away from the longevity of the application's purpose and why it was intended and developed and engineered in the first place. And then Mm. what we see uh, uh, is that one of our manufacturing companies also has a 0.003 defect rate um of of within you know something going wrong and that's we only hear from south african type of backup service companies you know it's where they take full accountability on the products that they make they have a huge passion for the application in which it's done and then i also see that you have accommodated the product to fit for purpose which is also under the african or south african and african conditions yes so we initially got a blend that was, when we started up our factory, we got a blend of um, recipes, essentially, that we started manufacturing with. And what we found is that that blend wasn't specifically suitable for the African climate. They were initiated in European cu- uh, climates, which were a lot colder, and with a harsh South African sunlight, as well as effects like in Johannesburg, it's very common to have hot days, and then thunder showers and potentially even hail within a 24-hour span, the roof in particular gets battered and bruised. So you need to have something that is going to be able to withstand all of those vast climatic changes very quickly. And then the other side of that is that you've also got to have something that is easy to work with in terms of a labor point of view because certain uh, industries and construction, unfortunately, is one of them. You don't get a, a wealth of trained labor so you actually have to make the product usable for yeah. someone that doesn't really know how to install the thing. Yeah. So it kind of has to be a bit goof-goof. Um, and then just to circle back, you asked, and I haven't actually finished that question, um, is you asked about our turnover or how we've been doing. Um, we were very lucky because of manufacturing. We were allowed 50% people back, but we also had an essential service certificate from Level 5. And a lot of our applicators um, had much of the same because obviously waterproofing, if you've got an exposed building, yeah. that is, that's a major issue whenever. So during lockdown, a lot of them had essential service certificates. So we were, again, lucky that we were actually able to sell some products. That being said, April month and the month of May, I think we did about a 10 or maybe 20% turnover, average of turnover yeah. compared to this time last year. And luckily for us, June has been much, much better now that the industry has opened way back up. So we're looking much healthier. And we're sitting, I think, currently at about 85 to 90% of our normal turnover okay. compared to last year. And in certain provinces, we've done exceptionally well. So um, we've actually done better year on year from one year to the next. You know, when I think about your product and why I'm inspired, what you just said there is because your product and and it's not the sexiest product to market. You know, I'm sure you. <laughs> no. you, know, you know, we deal with that all the time. So trust me, we we deal with products exactly that is so engineered and so well put together, but it's not the sexiest product to market necessarily. Mm. And if I just think about, you, you know, you getting your turnover back, the factories coming back into play, is I see maintenance going on in the country. I see growth and development with, with buildings. And mm. that's what I sort of see when I see behind the product. And, and it sort of leads me towards, say, that how many people do you employ there? We are sitting at around between 50 and 53. I think we, we fluctuate directly between that number. Um, we've had some people leave and some people join in the last, financial year so between that number 
Well, well, I just want to, you know, and say to you that if you think about that, so 50 to 53 people, we know in South Africa, there's always a ratio of people that you support in within that. So it's actually a much bigger footprint. Then you've got the people that transport your products. You've got the people that actually apply and install your products. And if you think about all the people you've just mentioned there, a lot of them have a business around your product um, and they make a living with 20 more people and 10 more people. So if you just think about the footprint that your company has um, and that's why we are so proud of you, Caitlin, and, and the company um, that you represent, because you have this incredible economic footprint in the country. Then you have this incredible product that you back up with service. I mean, you know, we have forgotten that there's a service cycle in business, and that is when you assess the product and the application or the need from the customer. It's where you then apply a fit-for-purpose type of approach. You then guarantee it for 10 years. You then take accountability from an insurance perspective to back up that product. And then if you think about that entire value cycle and then everybody else that supports your factory and makes a living from it, um, you've got an incredible responsibility. And we are incredibly proud of every single person waking up in the morning with the courage and the excitement and the passion to promote your business and to uh, take the economy forward. Um, so we really want to just say thank you very much as human to human um, that you guys do that with so much courage every single day. Yeah, I think, um, well, this is maybe a slight offshoot, but um, it's been a bit disheartening at the moment seeing the Johannesburg Chamber of Commerce facilitating a lot of um, influx and encouragement to import. Um, I think as as local manufacturers, knowing that a lot of our competitors have had to withdraw out of the market because of the current climate conditions and a constricting market here, um, for them to turn around instead of supporting local producers, rather try and set up international influx of imports is, is a bit disheartening. And so I've been quite astounded that that was their first port of call when it comes to how they want to take the country forward. So I think, you know, you guys are do, obviously doing the right thing by encouraging uh, local trade and supporting one another through this uncertain time that we're going through. It just would be so much nicer if you know, the regulations and government and key players were on board as well. Well, Caitlin, we love that subject. Um, you know, we deal with it on a few other customers, and I can tell you now that um, there is a bit of naivety um, when it comes to the government and the decisions that they make. We've seen it. They don't really understand the real economy. A lot of them have never been in business. They don't understand the economic impact, which then leads to a social impact um, mm-hmm. by supporting local manufacturers. And if you listen to the real majority, um, that people are encouraged to do you know, we have to reindustrialize South Africa and the manufacturing here. And, you know, the, the problem also is, is that we don't always sell ourselves the best. And if you mm. look at the value chain and how you've positioned your product, sometimes what happens is people is in a mindset of just buying cheaper. So I hear you completely on that. And, and, and we, ha- we share those frustrations with you 100%. So hopefully mm. we can target this message as well um, towards those officials. Um, and what we always just ask them is engage with us. You know, Somebody said the other day, when you bring up problems, what's the solution? And you know, the solution is simple. We have to take the money that we do have, to take the tax revenue that we do have. We have to recognize the impact that local manufacturing plays and just do our duty. That's the solution. You know, don't be corrupt in your decisions. Support local manufacturing, not just on an emotional level or to 
play towards the um, crowd. Make sure that you understand the impact of your decisions and your words. Um, and we really encourage you also, Caitlin, to keep on that fight because in business, we can't just speak about business anymore. We also now have to play a part in the economy. And with that economy okay. comes a government. <laughs> Yeah. So how yeah. do you guys engage with the government at all, Caitlin? So we do. Um, we we try is actually a better answer. Yeah. Is um, I think, again, it's, it's one of those factors where they unfortunately look at cost beyond anything else. And it's always the cheapest tender that wins. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, the, the reality is that there is always going to be someone cheaper that is an import. It's, it's just as God is. So um, I think they need to think a little bit more ethically, like you said, in terms of where their decision-making is coming from. And the DTI needs to support it, and it needs to, it needs to be actually in, instigated on a regulatory level so that a percentage of the building works actually need to be manufactured in South Africa so that you can actually give people like us local manufacturers a chance, as well as the applicators and all the rest, because they're also importing all sorts of weird and wonderful new technologies as well as applications to do the work because the technology is so sophisticated that the labor cannot keep up. So it's, it's a double-edged sword where it's, it needs to be approached on both ends very tenderly. Yeah. And tell me, your product on an export level, Ned, is your product exportable or trans? Uh, uh, yes. Is it? Yeah. We – so – it depends on what it is. Like I said, we've got a massive range. Um, we focus today primarily on the Tortron range, which is kind of the boring stuff. But we also do drainage membranes for roof gardens and all sorts of other things. So, yeah. And it's still yeah. feasible with shipping mines? and yeah. it, Is it? So it's very, very shippable. It's, it's roof, roofing in general and building materials in general are very robust. So they can tolerate being shipped quite violently yeah. <laughs> without any problems. Um, and then on the other side of that, the, the only restraint on it is the size and the weight. So it is a bulky material, as most, most products are. So it does take a little bit more finesse, moving it from one place to another. But we export into Africa and Swaziland and those type of areas regularly. So shipment is not an issue. You know, and this is what I just want any official um, that I wish to target this type of message to is to say that one, um, target local manufacturers, look at that footprint that's currently in there. Then on top of that, we talk about growth and having to do jobs and create jobs as, as entrepreneurs. Here's an entrepreneur that if we get the full support from locally, I bet you that number will go up in employment. One, Caitlin, I'm assuming there, mm -hmm. but business of experience have told me that's possible. And then the second thing is, you, you have an export footprint. So you can add, let's say, double those jobs. And instead of dealing with international companies bringing product in here, they should be dealing with us locally to help us get our products into other countries. Um, totally. And that's the shift of the economy that we require in order to really start making an impact or difference in the losses we've just suffered over the last four months and will be to come for the next year and a half. <laughs>